everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wishful Thinking. This is take two, unfortunately, <laughs> the intro. Um, so now that we have proper introductions, um, we have Kennedy over Zoom today. Uh, we got PR, Jackson, myself, Stefan, and we got Ronnie. And uh, yeah, today we're talking about Barbenheimer, new cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to rehash this joke, but it's this generation's Mamma Mia Batman Begins. Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Isn't it like Dark Mama or Dark Mama? Isn't that the thing that you're going on with? I feel so wrong. It really does. does. (laughs) Yeah. This and apparently, and he's funny, he's uh, Cillian Murphy is yet again another one. Yep. It's about time, too. He deserves to have his own Nolan movie because he's been in like every single one since I don't remember, but a lot of them. Who was Inception? It was Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. He has Scarecrow. And I just watched Dunkirk, and he's in that one, too, which I was like, oh, yeah. He's in Obsession. He's the kid that, like, his, he's, he's the, like, guy that they have to enter the dreams. His dreams, specifically. Oh. Isn't it a Japanese dude? There was a Japanese dude in there. I don't think it was that guy. No, I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched it in a bit, but yeah. Well, okay. Cool. Um, yeah, so I guess, um, first and foremost, uh, out of the two movies, which one are you most excited to see? Uh, probably Oppenheimer. I'm actually, like, really, really excited for Oppenheimer. I feel like Kennedy's Um, background. Oppenheimer for sure. I don't give a <laughs> shit about the Barbie movie. I think that's just a waste of time. <laughs> no, I'm obviously so excited for Barbie, it's not even funny. I'm so excited. And Ronnie, I'm jealous of you because aren't you seeing it later today? Yeah, I'm seeing it right yeah. when I get yeah. out of here. Ooh. I think it's going to be really good. It's so good. So safe to assume that you're more excited for Barbie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Team Barbie. It's cinema. <laughs> it's pure sport. <laughs> I, for me, it's difficult, but I, have, I might have to lean towards Oppenheimer. And that's only because any, it, <laughs> and this, this is going to sound stupid, but like, Anything World War II related, but specifically from oh, from like those weird like those weird science stories, like Alan Turing, for example. I loved the Imitation Game. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. And, and like I don't know, I feel like World War II just like World War II movies that aren't like necessarily like historically accurate, but just tell really interesting stories from that time are some of my favorite mm-hmm. out there. Like I know. What was it like? Life is Beautiful is one of my favorite movies for mm. that reason. It's this Italian film from like mm. way back when. Um, I need to watch Glorious Bastards. That's Me too. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I'm same boat, Oppenheimer. And I actually just rewatched Dunkirk for that same reason of like some sort of war movie, mm. also done by Nolan, mm. <laughs> where it's like a historical fiction sort of boat. And yeah, yeah it's going to be good. I don't know. Like, I'm not a World War II like historian or anything. But I will say, what kind of convinced me, like, when I, when I first read that they were making a movie about Oppenheimer, I'm like, cool, they will say the thing. It's like, uh... <laughs> and then when the trailer came out, and it's Albert Einstein cameo, I'm like, oh, my oh gosh, I have got to, I have got to. This is, like, my bread and butter. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's, it seems like it's going to be a really interesting movie, especially since, and I guess we can talk about this as well, uh, the IMAX reel is like a solid oh my what, gosh. 100 pounds, something like it's, that. No, it's ridiculously large. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it like stretches 14, yeah, 14 to 16 miles. 14 to 16 what miles. Which is nuts. 
It's Matt. Have you not seen the pictures? They right? no. I've, I've, it's, I it's, it's like almost ten feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. They're so they've legitimately a lot of movie theaters because Oppenheimer is like one of the biggest movies of the summer. Literally. Have had to do construction around fitting the <laughs> IMAX reel because they're not going to just not show Oppenheimer, so they're going to build around it. Well, there's a, there's another thing, right? It's um a lot of movie theaters are getting the IMAX, but it's like the 35 mm-hmm. standard. Um, there's very few theaters in every state that are actually 70 millimeter. Um, in Utah, the only one that is actual 70 millimeter is one, the Planetarium. Like, oh, true yeah. IMAX is the <laughs> Planetarium and Jordan Commons. Right. Megaplex, that's it. Um, Which I was just looking at tickets for me and my dad, and it's... Sold out. It's pretty much sold out. I think we might be able to snag a couple, but we have to, like, do it today. Yeah, same. <laughs> I might go see it alone. Yeah, I'm Or with Stefan if he I'm wants good. to. I'm good. Hey, you <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do on Friday. All right, I will find tickets. Okay, you better. <laughs> I won't go to Tackles beforehand. Okay. Tackles? Yeah. Shout out to uh, a little date out of it. <laughs> shout out to <laughs> not sponsored, but I just really love that place. Um, so I'm curious then, because we've kind of went a little bit into why we're excited for Oppenheimer. But our two Barbie fans, why are we why why are you excited for Barbie? No, I'm not saying that we're not. Just you know, why uh-huh. why is it Barbie over Oppenheimer? Um, Ronnie, do you want to go first? Sure. You're um, seeing it today. Oh. Yeah, true. Um, I can pretty much sum it up in two words, Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just the fact that the Barbie movie is even a thing, and it's apparently working, and it's apparently good. Like, I'm just excited <laughs> to see what shenanigans they've come up with that even justify one, and then justify a good Barbie movie. I don't know. I I like... I'm excited for Oppenheimer, but... <laughs> Don't crucify me, the three Oppenheimer people at the table. <laughs> but I'm, I like Christopher Nolan, but I don't just, I'm just not like a super mega fan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, it comes off to me as very like, um, oh, I just don't work carefully. <laughs> Say whatever, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Very, um, I'm a big Nolan fan, but I also know many people that's like, it's just too much. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's too much. It's like, I'm the film critic. I have a seven feet tall, whatever, seven story <laughs> tall reel for IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, this is the movie. Actually, quick question Was it Nolan Interstellar? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love Interstellar, actually. Okay. Interstellar is totally my favorite. Okay. <laughs> Same. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for both, but Barbie's just going to do it for me. And I like comedies and dra- com- dramedies. What's not funny yeah. about the atomic bomb? Um, I've heard it's a really depressing film. I've heard it's good. <laughs> I mean, everything that I'm hearing is like, you should watch Oppenheimer first and then Barbie. so that you can just get emotionally destroyed and then Barbie can bring you back to life, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I that's know. why I'm excited. How about you, Kennedy? What about Kennedy? Yeah, I'm honestly exactly the same. I'm just more into comedies. I think they're harder to do successfully, and so when they work out, it's really impressive to me. Um, I'm just really excited and I'm just I just can't believe that a movie like this was approved to be given the budget that it was and so I'm so excited that something like Barbie is really given a chance to be something actually you know worthwhile I'm I'm just like really happy that it even happened because I I really didn't think it would well it's it's also interesting because Mattel has had a history of not really liking people's interpretations of their toy lines like 
um, back way back when when the bar oh, when the Barbie Girl like I'm a Barbie Girl by Aqua was released, Mattel was angry. Like they were really you no, know, they were they won a whole lawsuit because of it. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. And now it's featured in the Barbie movie, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, the soundtrack already, they've been releasing a couple, like, singles from, like, Dude, Billie, Eilish. Billie Eilish. That was a really good single. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they got, like, some Dua Lipa stuff in there, too. It's going to be cool. She's in the movie, I heard, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. she is. That's yeah, right. she no. is. She plays Mermaid Barbie. <laughs> and Let's I'm so go. excited. Yeah. I think John Cena is, too. John Cena is, too. I heard that John Cena is, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, I can just imagine Dua Lipa's, uh, Dua Lipa's cameos, like, What's up, guys? I'm Mermaid Barbie, aka Dua Lipa. Buy my single. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna do that. <laughs> Put some respect on Dua Lipa's name, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's alright. What? Okay. Um. That's you. I'm. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Barbie just sounds like a party. It does. It does. It does. My one worry going into Barbie. Like I said, I'm excited for both. I'm a little worried that, like, I'm a little over uh, hyped for Barbie, I guess, mm-hmm. and that it's not going to live up to the expectations. Mm. Just because of, like, everything that they've been doing marketing-wise, the fact that, like, pink was, like, the color was in low shortage for a little bit because of the yeah. movie, it's all amazing. of the Dreamhouse stuff everywhere, like, I don't know. Maybe that's if just you me. Google Greta, uh, Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, or mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling right now, it'll actually, uh, the Google thing will actually turn pink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah, you want to do it right now? Want to test that out? On my phone? Yeah. I don't know if it'll work. It works work? on the phone. I've, ch- I've okay. tried it on the browser. Yeah. What? The marketing for Barbie is insane. Insane. <laughs> insane. I don't think I've ever seen a movie marketed like this heavily and this well, I guess. Yeah, that's a really great marketing. I think campaign. the last one was um, Batman, like Nolan's Batman. Um, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, because remember they did like the whole um, like Comic Con whole thing where they like launched a bunch of um, oh, right. Batman's and yeah. they did like a Joker like scavenger hunt. Damn. And then, like the website and it was like it was one of the most involved marketing strategies I've ever seen. Hmm. Blair Witch also had a similar guerrilla marketing campaign too. And um, to be fair, it was also like the first found footage film as well. Really, that oh, right. went into the mainstream. Um, like, they had a whole website. It's like, oh, these people are missing, blah, 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 police report. They had to literally, like, have the actors be like, guys, it's okay. We're not actually dead. The only one that I'm thinking recently, and this hasn't really worked out now, but Secret Invasion had, mm. like, their website, and then they actually had, like, scrolls in the background of actual news stuff going mm. on. Mm. Too bad that the show is... I was going to say, have you watched it? I got up to, like, three episodes. Um <laughs> And then I got, like, the big reveal spoiled for me, and I was like, I don't need to watch it now. I got that spoiled for me, too. I had to mute it on Twitter, but I still haven't started the show because I heard it's just bad. <laughs> it's just whatever. The but wings yeah. are good, though. The what? Did you guys get the Wingstop wings? <laughs> no. So, for their marketing, right, they did a collaboration with Wingstop. It's where if you order on the app, yeah. If you order on the app, there's, like, two specialty wings like flavors that you can only get on the Isn't app. Not like green or something? No, but oh. like <laughs> one is like Parmesan um I don't know. It's like they're like yeah, they're actually really good. Parmesan uh, Cajun is one of them. And then the other one's like habanero honey barbecue or something. Oh, that sounds really good. They're both really good. I'm not Dang, lying. okay. Uh I think need to get wings up for a while. <laughs> wings up. Wings up. Come on. <laughs> also, um yes, it is true that if you Google Marble uh Margot Robbie it turns oh. pink. And then it has, and like it has a little, little animation. 
But also, you were saying like you were excited for Barbie because of Margot Robbie. Mm. I yes. wholeheartedly agree. She has been killing it lately in terms of like almost she's, everything. She's, she's always been killing it. Yeah. She she's yeah she's she's every she's Barbie like that is Barbie. <laughs> Which, what an accomplishment! Well, actually, yeah. that leads into really <clears throat> oh, something I kind of want to talk about is the amount of detail for a Barbie movie is just insane. Um, like the I, I remember one of the clips like the way she walks like the mm-hmm. way she holds her arms. I mean, the first shot where it's her walking off of the heels and mm-hmm. then her heels are still up and like that whole thing. I mean, as you were joking, it was sim- cinema. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> this might sound like a weird comparison, but it kind of reminds me of how the Lego movie like similar vibe. I don't know if that makes any sense though. It does make sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it's and it's funny because Will Ferrell is also in this movie playing the bad guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. And he's in the same I think he's, like, he's in almost an identical suit now that you say that. Right? Like, so the tie it's a, yeah, it's, he looks exactly the same. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really excited. And I'm wondering, like, do you th- how deep into the Barbie lore do you think they're going to go? There's a Barbie lore? I think pretty deep. There's a pretty deep Barbie lore. There's deep Barbie lore. I think there's going to be a lot of Barbie references, like to actual Barbies for sure, undoubtedly. But I also, Michael Sarah, who is Alan? I don't, is that a Barbie oh, reference? Because oh, oh, I don't oh, actually know I, and I couldn't find it. Listen, I've been reading up on so much Barbie. Lore. Okay, you good. I want to because I want to know who Alan is before I go watch okay. it. So, before that, though, I will say, if Bibble is not in the movie, I will be depressed. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Trust me. Don't worry about it. I want to worry about it. <laughs> it is this, so... Just, like, I don't know. Just for, like, two seconds. Because how would they even fit him in? I don't know. But, like, if there's, like, some sort of color palette that looks like Bibble, just just something to, you know... Something just something to, yeah. for me. In the, like, animated movies, like, the old ones where they had a bunch... I don't remember what movie it was specifically. But it's just this yeah, tiny little furball... Yeah, what it was, movie it was, was it? Barbie Mermaidia Mariposa or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have three younger sisters, so I was subjected to this a lot. <laughs> um, it's this tiny little furball that has the most high-pitched, annoying voice you've ever heard. And when you are watching that movie for the fifth time while in your little Toyota van because your sisters won't shut up, I'm... Bill, yeah. you're a genius! Stop. <laughs> I have some deep... I have some deep hatred for Bibble. I will tell you what. Wow, I didn't... We didn't need your trauma dumping over here. What? <laughs> Bibble. You know what? what no, trauma dump. <laughs> no, but uh, what I will say, Kennedy, Alan actually was, uh, like, was an actual doll. Um, and yeah... Ken's best friend, essentially. Oh, they made Ken. That's so funny. It's like they made Ken a Ken, like the side character, a side character, so that he could have yeah. like a friend. If I remember correctly, um, there's also some other Barbie lore that I, some of the, some of which I hope they make it in, some of which I hope they have critiques of. I don't know. Two of the ones that come to mind immediately. One was Oreo Barbie. Oreo. <laughs> or of. PR, do you know about this one? Oreo Barbie. Oreo Barbie. Like, the Oreos. Like, okay, so... Okay, not um, like a different Oreo, Mattel, right? So Mattel... Oh, that's what I'm sorry. No, okay. <laughs> so Mattel had, like, a tie-in with one of their Barbie dolls for, like, with the Oreo company. Because, you know, tie-ins happen all the time. You know, Hot Wheels even does it with, like, you know, the most random of, um, of franchises and everything. Um, except they didn't think about optics because they made the uh, they made the doll, like, a black woman... 
And then for those not in the know, that's, Oreo is a slur for... That's what I thought you were referencing. Black on the outside, white on the inside. So... Oh, yeah, I don't know that. Uh, oh, yeah. You would know. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it's a part okay. of Barbie lore that, that, like, Barbie history that's just not great. I want um, them to eat an Oreo now. I don't know why. Just just a little, little Easter egg up. in there. Might as well. It's they not, can do some like, marketing. pink Oreos. No. Uh, I, mean, the, I thought they did those. That's, yeah. that's, like, a great idea. They should put me on the marketing team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so there's that, and then there's my other favorite one that I re- I recently uh, learned of as of like a couple of months ago, uh, Magic Earring Ken. Mm. And I've talked about this. I think with Did we talk about people. this in Geek Out too? Oh, we might have. We might have. Yeah, but, you mentioned it to me, and I looked it up after, and I read about it. It's it's truly hilarious, and I I just think it's one of those things where, um, you know, some corporate. I just. It makes me laugh. Like people who are so far removed from like what the youth want that they're that they it's just it's just so obviously not what they're trying to do, but none of them caught it. And it and it went I mean, they made the doll, they fully sold it. Like It was sold out for a while, yeah. But yeah, for those not in the know though, Magic Earring Ken um was a doll was a Ken doll back in I believe the eighties. And so Mattel wanted to create a Ken doll that was like hip and cool and you know in with the cool other kids and so they did they sent out market researchers to um nightclubs you know to see what the youth were like and so they created <clears throat> this doll that, ha- that was like the most flamboyant can ever turns out it's because their market researchers didn't realize that they were going to gay nightclubs oh and the reason he's called Magic Earring Ken is because he has a, a like a ring, a, like a ring necklace, like a ring on a necklace. Because um, again, that's that's what they saw. You know, they saw like the ripped jeans. Uh, you can look up a photo. It's the most fantastic it's thing. So, it's so in your face. It's like how did they? How did they? How did they put that on a toy? I don't. Know. And they were like, yeah, this is a necklace. The funny thing is though, is they the necklace like the earring. Was not an earring at all. It's actually a cock ring. Stop. And you know what's funny? It oh got sold gosh. out because gay men kept on buying all of like all the stock. It was popular amongst gay men, not their target demographic at all. <laughs> and then they, then they discontinued it, and so I think I now now it's like a collectible. God. I believe it. Long Asia, did, you show, did, you show, did you see the picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, now when I saw Ryan Gosling with the with the with like the ripped uh, ripped jean jacket, I'm like, mm-hmm. please, please, I'm begging you. They did not, unfortunately, put the cock ring, but they got <laughs> actually pretty close. They got real close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also rated PG-13. They could go there without explaining it. You know? exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's just a ring. Especially with his friend Alan. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, I, I noticed in the trailers, there's a bunch of Kens. Yes. But there's only Simu one Liu? Alan. Yeah. There's only one Alan. But there's a bunch of Kens. Yeah. It's because Alan, I think, was like a one-time thing, if I remember. Uh, I think it's also just because Michael Sarah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Michael Sarah doesn't fit as like a Ken. Yeah. Simu Leo, though. Oh my gosh! Chef's kiss of a human being. Mm. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, switching gears to Oppenheimer though, because I can oh, yeah. get, uh, dedicate that some movie, time for yeah. both. <laughs> yeah, that movie. 
Um, so I've read up that apparently Christopher <clears throat> Nolan recreated the Trinity test yeah. without yep. CGI. Yep. Oh my gosh. So, it's crazy that they set off actual nukes to film this movie. No. Hollywood's so just getting reckless. <laughs> like, they can just do whatever they want. <laughs> That's so wild that they did that. That's another reason I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> You're taking a stance against nukes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think nukes are bad. I know, hey, controversial opinion. I think nukes are bad. Wow. Say what you're gonna say. <laughs> I have to speak my truth. I'm not gonna have to edit this out. Offerings over nukes, people. That's Kennedy's stance. <laughs> Kennedy, is that your stance? Offerings over nukes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, slay queen. Slay. <laughs> no. So um, the claim that there is no CGI mm-hmm. is. True, but not at the same time, right? VFX counts as CGI, right? VFX counts as CGI. So there's no, like, full shot where it's complete CGI like how it is in a lot of movies nowadays. Mm, Every Every shot is filmed um, in real life, but then enhanced with VFX in some places. Like the One Piece show. Sure. We'll get to that later. It's a different episode. When that comes out, it comes out next month, and I no want way. I want to do I'll a wishful it. thinking. I'll for watch it. it. I'll okay. watch it. Um, I'll be the one guy who hasn't done any one the piece one and piece. just gets into the live action. <laughs> That's fine. That's what it's for. But um, to get back to, to yeah. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer yeah. Um, yeah. So every shot is actually filmed practically. Um, they didn't set off a nuke, but they set off a big ass bomb. Um, <laughs> And if you watch the behind the scenes on it, like, so I watched like a bunch of behind the scenes on like the filming of Oppenheimer and stuff. It's kind of crazy. Like they dug a trench and like. <laughs> they dug a trench. They dug a trench for protection. And then, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa. And then um, like set up a camera, uh, freaking uh, the DP, I think it's Van Hoyt, right? Is you doing the DP for it? I think so. Um, he's like there with his like IMAX, big ass IMAX camera, <laughs> like this, just staring into the abyss. <laughs> I mean, when you, so me and Ronnie were talking That's about this crazy. a little bit with Mission Impossible and how like every movie Tom Cruise has to like one up himself basically. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how Nolan feels right now because last movie he crashed a real plane into yep. an airport and like in, in Inception he had like the actual rotating. Hotel. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of what else he's done, but he's done some crazy he's, stuff. He's a very practical filmmaker, yeah. which I love. Always works the amount out. of bombs in in the Batman series alone. That's right. <laughs> True. Yeah. He bombed an actual football field, right? Totally. And a hospital. Mm. Yeah. Oh, a hospital. <laughs> he actually did. <laughs> I don't know if he did a football field. I feel like I think he did. He might have. Most of the did. yeah, most of the stuff is like real. Right. But um, yeah, Oppenheimer is unique in that way for sure. Um, but yeah, there is like, so they didn't drop a nuke, they dropped a big-ass bomb. Um, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> completely different. Right, of course. completely different. Um, one is nuclear holocaust, one is not, right? So it's, you know. You're, um, like, well, you're like those inseparable World War II historians. Um, actually, <laughs> the, uh, the Titan was used for marine warfare, not air warfare. Mm. <laughs> no, but he did buy a plot of land. 
Is that the same plot of land that he also built, like the whole science? Because he's he built like the whole science. He bought a town, yes, for this movie, yes, and then bought more land to set up this bomb because the government wouldn't let him do it. So he's like, I own this land now. (laughs) I know that it's like such a nerd thing, but like it's crazy for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's the thing too. It's like it's 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 funny to me because there's already like. Um, like Nevada, Nevada's just all desert, mm-hmm. and like some of the towns still suffer from like radiation and everything, mm-hmm. um, because of like of all the nuclear testing that goes on oh, there. Yeah. So I'm wondering why you like why the choice to just buy a whole town instead of just like because the government wouldn't let him do it. Ah, He's like, hey, sense. I want to drop a bomb. The government's like, think? no. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go drop this bomb outside your town. Thanks. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, the government said no. And then he's like, I'll buy the town and I'll buy the land where I'm going to drop the bomb. <laughs> I love America. You can't drop a bomb unless you own the town. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know. So reviews have already started coming out. And they're very, very, very good. Right. Mm. But it, IGN gave it a 10 out of 10, which is which rare for IGN. IGN. Yeah, it's not yeah. a 7, surprisingly. Yeah, they're I always know, right? sevens. It's 7s. It's always 7s and 6. Um, so I'm definitely excited. And based off of what I've seen of, like, some of the reviews, it's not just for the bomb's sake, which, of course, it's not. Right. But it's also to get into Oppenheimer's, like, mind space, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Because, like... <laughs> Oppenheimer lore is hilarious, too. Right. <laughs> you mean history? No, 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 no. No, his early life is hilarious. I'm No, no, no. Not even just because of how he made the bomb. He was crazy. Yeah, he was. <laughs> the entire time. Well, like, that's why, like, half of the... So you can tell, like, co- the colored versions is going to be more... I don't remember if it's subjective or objective. I don't know. Color and black and white are different perspectives into Oppenheimer's brain. Like, some of right. it is factual, like what actually happened. Some of it is from Oppenheimer's perspective and the kind of messed up stuff yeah. that was going on there, which is no. so interesting. I, I want to take the time to explain some Oppenheimer lore. So, uh, he studied physics and everything. He actually studied under, like, some of the greatest minds in physics, like Max Bohr, for example. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, though, was that he was so sloppy at la- and, like in the lab and everything. Like, he was just so reckless that they're like... You know, I think theoretical physics might be good, better for you. <laughs> Dead ass. He was just that. Like and even then, he made a giant mess. Yeah. No, and it's funny too because he just straight up beat up a dude once, like one of his mm. closest friends. He got irate with him and just like straight up like. You like, think we're gonna see that in the movie? I hope so. <laughs> like I said, the man is like. The scientific version of Andrew Jackson. Oh my gosh. That's not a good comparison. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know how racist, but definitely, like, violent. I want to see him throw fisticuffs with Albert Einstein. (laughs) That's what we need. I... Do you think... Okay, okay, here's a serious question. Do you think there's going to be a Hitler cameo? No. I don't think so. I don't think anyone would want to play that. As my I mean, thing. Taika Waititi did. Yeah. yeah. It's a great point. He did a great job, too. Yeah. yeah. Almost made me like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> well, you know, this movie is probably not for you. What time was that? <laughs> About 30 minutes in, we're going to clip that out. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be the clip. That's going to be the clip. The reels. <laughs> I'm saying Taika Waititi did a good yes. job as Hitler. I will. Okay, to be fair, Taika Waititi, anything that man touches... 
Chef's Dora kiss. Love I <laughs> okay. okay, don't I respect him a ton, but and he even came out recently, but this is a little bit off topic, and was like, guys, when you for like when executives kind of force us to make movies that we aren't passionate about, you get Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, that makes sense. And so it's like you guys have to stop pushing filmmakers to make all of these movies that at the end of the day we're not gonna wanna make and right. put out that stuff. Well, to be fair, I'm biased because one of my favorite series is What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, it's, yeah, he's in... He, no, well, he's, he's... He made the movie that was the show's based off, and he was, like, executive producer for that. Okay. And they just got a new season. I am so right. excited. Is it the vampire show? It's the vampire show. Mm-hmm. It's... I, I already raved to Kennedy about this, like, weeks ago. It's... Nice. Anyhow... Where were we? Bar likes Hitler. I don't like Hitler. So with that, let's switch over. We're going to calm down with that. Let's switch over back to No, but one thing I want to mention Oppenheimer-wise was the amount of, like, just the casting for this movie is insane. And also, I feel like two of the actors, Matt Damon, I don't remember who else. Maybe it was just Matt Damon. Were like, Well, no, but specifically... We're like, I'm gonna take a break from acting. I was Matt Damon. Yes. I told my wife. Yeah, he was. He specifically said he's like, I told my wife I would take time off acting to spend time with her, except if Christopher Nolan called. (laughs) Next week, Christopher Nolan calls. Which like, sorry, honey. Oh, Robert Downer Jr. was another one. He said he's gonna take a break after Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And then Christopher Nolan called, and he was like, "Sure." I feel like Christopher Nolan is the Nick Fury of cinema. He's <laughs> <laughs> calling up the Avengers. Yeah. Actually, he just shows up in the background, Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm making a movie. <laughs> you want in? <laughs> but yeah, we've even got. I mean, one of my favorites recently is Jack Quaid, who's mm-hmm. um, what's his face from The Boys, the main. Oh, Huey? Huey, yeah. yeah. He's Huey. He's now Superman in the animated show, which is amazing. Oh, is he? My Adventures of Superman? Yes. Dude, it's I have amazing. so much time. Yeah, that we gotta is, save that for Geek Out, because I have so much stuff to talk that about. That show is the most bisexual show I've ever right? seen. Right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. No, but... And actually, speaking of... Like, oh, it's got it, Drake back from Drake and Josh. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. No, um, not Superman. Oppenheimer. Oh. Sorry, no, not Drake. Josh. 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 Okay, yeah, I didn't Josh know. Drake. Drake, uh, Drake is in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Do you not know of Drake lore? I'll tell you afterwards. <gasps> I'll tell you, later, tell you yeah. afterwards. But no, I was just actually going to... This actually brings up a really good point about Barbie. Um, because obviously, Grady Gerwig is really... Uh, f- uh, like does oh, yeah. phenomenal work and does a lot of really interesting feminist movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of really great feminist perspectives in her films. Um, but I'm wondering if... like, Because well, uh, like, when I saw the trailer, it's like, oh, this is my best friend, Alan. I'm like... Are we going to touch on queer topics? I mean, do you think that's going to be... Mm. I definitely think they're going to touch on more feminist topics. I don't know about queer, though. Yeah, that'll be an interesting take. I don't know if it'll necessarily be Ken and Alan, but I'm sure at some point they might touch on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we know Greta Gerwig handles that stuff very well, based off of uh, Lady Bird and Little Women, and just, like, all of that was really, really well done. Well, I'm not even worried or anything like that, but I'm just curious because, I mean... Obviously, this is a response both to, like, you know, um, in gender roles in general, you mm-hmm. know, because Barbie is, like, everything, and Ken is just Ken. That's, like, the main tagline of the movie. Yeah. Donna, you're the Barbie fanatic here as well. It seems like they're doing a reverse on the real world and how, um, like, 
you know, in the real world, like men are in these positions of power and whatnot. But like in Barbie world, Barbie is running things and like how Barbie this is just me guessing off the trailers. If I yeah. accidentally spoil it, I'm sorry. But how Barbie goes into the real world and she's right. like, what? This is like entirely different. And someone smacks her ass and like, the, isn't that one of yeah, the Yeah, that's like one of those. Yeah, and it's like, what the hell's going on? And Billie Eilish's song, What Was I Made For, plays over a montage for being sad. And then mm. she, she goes back to Barbie. Exactly I don't what know. It's going to be. It's going to well, be. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, too, because it's, 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 it's interesting to know because the way Ken is portrayed. Um, and even Ryan Gosling, like, it's weird because uh, the meta commentary, too, is just super interesting. Like, not even just seeing the film, but seeing the reactions of the film. And, like, a lot of people criticizing, saying, well, Ryan Gosling's too old. And it's like, I th- I feel like that's kind of the point of the Barbie movie. I haven't seen it yet, but, like, I feel like that's something they're going to touch on is just, like, expectations of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, because, again, you mm-hmm. know, Alan and Ken, you know, they're super friendly, and, you know, oh, this is my best friend. Um, kind of, and that's and that's why I was w- wondering whether or not they were to touch on queer topics, because w- when it comes to toxic masculinity, you know, there's not really a lot of friendships there. There's not really a lot of, like, you're not able to really express yourself the way Ken kind of does um, mm-hmm. and throughout the trailers. Um, so I'm wondering if that's, yeah. Well, there's a lot of Kens. So. There are a lot of Kens. There's a lot of Kens. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, to go on to the Ken thing, I think Ken is easily going to be maybe my favorite part of this movie. I think I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see. And I agree with Ronnie. I think it's going to be, like, he serves as, you know, like a flip of the real world where, like, suddenly he's the side character and, like, Barbie's going on these adventures and he just gets to look cute and just be there and just be happy, you know? Like, that's his whole thing. And so I think it'll be really interesting to have him in that spot. And I also think that when he goes into the real world, I wonder if he also... Even though the real world will benefit him more than Barbie, I wonder if he's also going to be like, but this is bad. Like, it doesn't feel good. Um, Because if you're coming from a world where you're constantly, like, to the side, and then you enter a new one where you're suddenly, like, everywhere, everything's for you, I wonder, like, would you rejoice in it or would you be like, ah, this feels wrong, you know? Maybe he'll see more of the flaws in it because it's, he's so not used to it. I'm kind of interested to see what they do with that. Me too. That is interesting. I like that take. Philosophy for Barbie. Yeah, I know. I can't go. wait for the. I can't wait for the wisecrack. <laughs> the philosophy of Barbie. Well, I was thinking of like the actual like thought-provoking stuff that Barbie's going to be, and then Oppenheimer's going to be the popcorn flick, a very not serious movie. Yeah. I I mean that's that's kind of what it that's seems like, honestly, because like I don't know. I feel like you there's not really much you can say about Oppenheimer, like outside of the story itself, you know, and like. Because you know it's it's World War Two, it's it's the nuke, you know, and it's it's a lot of re- like regrets after the fact, you know, and again, it's a lot of these great scientists that kind of were stuck in the middle of a pretty pretty terrible situation, right? But like morally and ethically, I don't think it's gonna re- really reevaluate anything. Like I don't really, I don't know, because I don't. I kind of disagree with you on this one. Really, like three hours worth yeah. of it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot to say. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, I kind of disagree with you on this one. I think, uh-huh. um, you know, the the reason that Nolan took on Oppenheimer as mm-hmm. his first biopic is because the story and the grandness of it is just so intense, right? Right. Um, like, at least for me, like in my experience, I didn't learn about Oppenheimer until after high school, yeah. right? Like, 
It was like a book that I read called Bomb that yep. was actually like, and it was after high school. It was something that I figured out on my own. So yeah. they don't teach you about this in school or anything. Right. Right? And so I think showing a whole generation of what the initial nuke was and the reason it was made and the kind of mentality of um, Oppenheimer of like, I've made this, but I've also ruined the world because of it. Um plays in really well with kind of the social uh, socioeconomic climate of the world right now, mm. right? We are constantly talking about... That's a Jaden Smith reference right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was my exact thought when you said that. I was like, I'm going to keep it. What's up, guys? I'm Jaden Smith. <laughs> Uh, mature for my age, separated from my parents, with Jaden Smith. <laughs> Not only do I hate you, I hate myself now. <laughs> Jaden Smith, Oppenheimer, Barbie cameo question mark? No, but, um, you know, like, the, the world is in a weird State space right, right now, where yeah. it's like, nuclear war is something that is being talked about more and more and nuclear. more. Huh? He's a nuclear. That's what I said. It's nuclear. Nuclear. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's the same word. <laughs> Literally. It's the same potato. It's, it's in you. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just wanted to uh, you know, be a little contrarian right now. So. <laughs> right, whatever. Um, but yeah, so like, I think that the story of Oppenheimer is something that needs to be told. And the, the fact that Nolan... I understand, Ronnie, I know your feelings on Nolan. Um, I think he was the best option for this specific story because he will tell it in a way that no other biopic has. I disagree. Wes Anderson would have done it. No. No. Sorry. Wine spills. Asteroid City came out. I still haven't seen it. I need to. It's, It's on my list, but... But, you know, I, I agree. Honestly, I, I feel like there's certain directors that do certain tales well, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like Christopher Nolan has that vision, you know, yep. like that. Like he just really loves dark, dark stories is what I is what do. You <laughs> do. I don't think he has made a single like happy movie in his entire career. Hmm. Inception was like questionably happy. Yeah. Dark Knight was not happy at all. So, okay. Okay. This gets into my feelings of Tenet. Okay. Which I know, like, I don't think many people... Has anyone here seen Tenet? I haven't Tenet? seen it yet. I've okay. not seen it. You've seen it one. Oh, no, you haven't. Okay. It is a weird movie, and it's more just... Like, it's definitely dark with some of the stuff that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I regard that as Nolan's, like, fun movie, where he's just like, what if you were to do a pincer roll movement in time and... What if you also were going to have, like, a whole, the whole movie be a time loop of some way? So, like, it's not necessarily happy. I would say it has a decently happy ending. Mm-hmm. But it's also incredibly confusing. And, like, it took me four wa- rewatches to, like, mm. oh, I get this movie now. You get it? Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's so good. I love that movie so much. It is, like, top three Nolan movies for me. Interstellar had kind of a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah, I, his daughter was old and dying. Yeah, but, like, he got, he got to stuck see into his daughter a black again. hole. But he, he got survived. to see his daughter yeah. again. Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. 
I was always confused by that. Did he, like, turn into a god or something? (laughs) No, he went into the fourth dimension. Yeah. Where time is a physical layer. And so that's why he could go back and move stuff around to, like, send a message in time. It's because gravity... It's uh, physics. It's somewhat right. I know that... That's one thing I always trust about Nolan, though, is, like, the science is factual or theoretical in some way. Like, it's yeah. not like he's pulling this stuff out of his ass. He, oh, like, genuinely no. does the research for this type yeah. of stuff, so. Like, for Interstellar, he hired theoretical yeah. physicists from, like, the most prestigious universities in the world, and he's like, hey, get together in a room and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a movie. <laughs> they, like, figure out what a black hole looks like before we get a picture of it, and it was the exact mm-hmm. same picture? Like, yep. That's oh, insane. Yeah. Yep. No. Well, and then with Oppenheimer, too, like, it's... Again, it's Oppenheimer was at this uh, like a really critical time in math and physics and just STEM in general, um, where because it was really like the start of uh, theoretical physics and really the start of like quantum, like the birth of quantum physics and all that, you know. Because well, because like Albert Einstein's whole like EMC right. E equals MC squared, blah blah blah, that everyone's like, oh, you know, it's so smart and everything. Genuinely, it's like it's one of the most important uh, concepts in physics because it led to us knowing what photons are yep. mm-hmm. and led to us knowing that photons are just really weird. Yep. <laughs> Time is weird. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting to see. I really, really hope we get to see some other historical figures there outside of our Albert Einstein. That's what I was going to say. The whole E equals MC squared was actually... Like, it, it was kind of formulated by Einstein, but every single piece came from specific scientists, and one of which, I don't remember which part specifically, but there was a female scientist basically to the same level as Einstein who's mm-hmm. kind of gotten overshadowed over time. This is based off a documentary I saw in, like, eighth grade or something. Right. I hope that she's in this. She might be Florence Pugh is my thought process. Florence Pugh's oh, now. Um, oh, yeah, she's maybe. She's in it as well. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. Because I know Emily Blunt is... Oppenheimer's wife mm. and Florence Pugh is another is going to have a big role in the movie and I really hope that Nolan is shedding some light on that scientist because like I said she's been overshadowed by right. Einstein even though she was just as pivotal to creating that equation as Einstein mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's how history goes yep yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love it. to play uh, devil's advocate I, I'm not going to say that I'm not excited for the Barbie movie because I am but no that's it I'm just I'm really <laughs> excited for the Barbie movie <laughs> I yeah. want to see Oppenheimer because I think it'll change cinema. But I think... In what way? I think... <laughs> you'll make me go film bro on this. I'm, I'm going to go film bro. You already went film bro like 10 minutes ago, dude. Just go ham. Fine. Um, I think that a lot of biopics for a lot of different filmmakers and a lot of different people, right? They have always been like the, the film that isn't really recognized by the masses. Right. I'm trying to think of the last biopic that like actually. The last one I feel mind. like is probably I Tanya. I Tanya. I was thinking of Beautiful huh? Mind. Elvis. <laughs> oh Elvis. Okay. But even that was, that was it. Like it kind of sucked if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh. I, didn't hear that good thing. I just saw the Tom Hanks video are you? where he's like really fat, and I think something. There was some sort of joke. Are, I you, uh, are you an Elvis fan, Ronnie? I, I don't like Elvis, and I didn't see the movie. But <laughs> it's a big biopic. <laughs> see, if you want Elvis representation, watch Clone High. There's a cameo. Mm. Anyways, you were saying the but, film, bro. Yeah, this, like, obviously this, just the, the sheer fact that Oppenheimer is one of the most talked about movies of the year, mm-hmm. and it's a biopic, 
I think will change the aspect, change the way that I think Hollywood thinks of cinema, right? Okay. Um, because right before the strikes. <laughs> right before the strikes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's a good. That's that. a good segue into the strikes. I will say real quick though that a counterpoint to that in terms of how Oppenheimer is going to change Hollywood for biopics, I think that Barbie can do the similar thing for comedy movies Absolutely. because the last couple of years have been really dry for comedy movies. I can't think of a really good one lately because usually the it's like movie. <laughs> usually it's like a bunch of. <laughs> no. no. I can't wait till Superbad 5 in 10 years. No. I would rather have Jump Street 23 or whatever. But, like, usually comedy's just now baked into a bunch of, like, action movies and superhero movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Never actually gotten, like, a comedy, and I know Barbie's gonna be a dramedy. But still, like, I I hope that this is, I mean, like we said, all of this happening right before Hollywood's about to basically shut down for the next couple months at least. Yeah, Yeah, I just really hope that, uh, because Mattel's already planning their own cinematic universe type thing. Like, there's a Hot Wheels movie in the works. Of course they are. No, like, there's literally a Hot Wheels movie in the works right now. if it's looking as good as Gran Turismo, like... I, listen, mm, I really hope... Sorry, we're gonna get another (laughs) tangent. I hope that it's as good as the live-action Speed Racer. I agree with you! (laughs) I totally agree with you. That's exactly what I want out of a Hot Wheel movie. Is a fucking Speed, Speed Racer, Racer spinoff. <laughs> Listen, say what you will about the live action Speed Racer. It's gas. It's awesome. <laughs> it's peak cinema. It's like, the, it's like the CGI Astro Boy movie. It's like that was not bad. Yeah, it was. It's like it's shit, but it's shit in a really not good, entertaining way. Exactly. Look. Okay, I don't want to get into that. I, I'm going to say I think Astro Boy, that like live action, not the live action, the CGI, the CGI yeah, one, well, yeah. I think that, whatever the term is, came up so that Big Hero 6 could rise and go past it. Astro Boy <laughs> walks so Big Hero Thank 6. Thank you. You know what? I couldn't formulate I, in my mind. I'll take it. All right. Um, anyways, the strike. Strikes, the yes. Strikes. We to mention this earlier, um, but we are a very well-run machine um, that is very professional. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, what do you guys think in terms of the strikes coming up and how... I mean, I was talking to Pierre, I think, about this. Mm. Uh, these are, like, maybe the last couple movies we're going to get for a while of this caliber. Like, I'm really excited for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles That's good. On, uh, in August. We've got Dune. But, like, past that, Dune, a Dune, lot Dune. of... Don, D- Dune. D- I don't Dune know how to say it, yeah. I don't Dune even know too. if they're going to release Dune 2. Oh, really? Because the actors, if they're still on the strike, they're not right. going to go market for it. Yeah, uh, Pierre, I've heard that they're recording pre pre-promotional material before the strike happened that they can use during... Oh, that's right, because they can, like, sign something with SAG. It's very dirty. It's, it's very really sneaky. Weird. Really? They, well, they the strike is on now, so... Yeah. yeah. I know... Standstill, so, I mean, this is still happening. I think Bob Odenkirk specifically called out people that are doing that. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise specifically, yep. And was just like, hey, this is a strike. You're supposed to go on strike. Like, don't do this crap. Which, of course, I love Bob Odenkirk. But also... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird how so many actors are trying to go Get around, around the strike mm-hmm. while still participating in it, scabs. and it just it, yeah, it seems more aligned. With it that. feels kind of scabby. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Like I am full in full support of the strike, especially you know with the treatment of. Every single like everyone that's essentially not a producer in the film industry just gets fucked over. It doesn't matter if you're the director. Well, the director gets somewhat. The director's got a fair deal. I mean, different directors kind of 
do say they like sign something a little bit. Yeah, shady. the director's guild. Yeah. The, director's guild. the, the DGA got a, a deal like this. I'm very passionate about this. You were meeting. I want to hear you go off. About it, I'm not very literally am so done. Okay, like first of all, like the writers go on strike and then the director's guild go on goes on strike and the director's guild's like fuck the writers. We got a deal. We're not gonna hold out. We're just gonna accept the deal and we'll be good. And so the writers are on their own. And now that the actors and the writers are striking and Hollywood is shut down. Studios are still trying to Get fuck around. them over mm-hmm. and push AI, which... Mm-hmm. What was the thing that they said where it's like, we're not going to hold out until all these writers are Our, homeless. Oh, yeah, that was homeless. Bob Iger, I believe. Oh, yeah, said, it was yeah. Bob Iger. Yeah, we got to... Oh, uh, we're not worried about the strike. We'll just wait until they're homeless, and then they have to come back and, yeah, and make a shitty deal. deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to push AI where they can scan actors and just use their likeness to the end of time, which, by the yeah. way, without which, paying them. <laughs> okay, which, by the way, can I just say... Uh, fuck Black Mirror. Fuck the last season. That was the most go- uh, dog shit season ever. Like, really? I hated it. It was like, okay. uh, that's another tangent for another day. But I will say, everyone's been comparing it to like, oh, this is gonna be like, uh, this is gonna be exactly like uh, Black Mirror. That Black Mirror episode. Like, shut up. Did you see how dog shit the Secret Invasion <laughs> opening was? Oh my god! Like I don't th- that half of the reason why I'm not watching Secret Invasion, by the way, is because I turned on the first episode, saw that dog ass intro, and was just <laughs> like, I don't know if I can actually participate in this. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so bad. It it's so bad. bad. We're trying to and do something. And then every single time, and it's not even like it fits the theme of the show. It's yeah. just lazy. Well, yeah. and it, it the thing is also like, sorry, I'm going on a tangent. I was like, no, 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 go, go, go. The, it, I think it costs like $225 million to make that show. Money go. Like, I have no <laughs> idea where that went. And then it's like, I saw this recently. There's a new movie coming out called The Creator, which looks like a really good sci-fi movie. It's like $86 million. And it looks like way better CGI and stuff going on than Secret, than Secret Invasion. Invasion. And they actually paid their fucking writers. Well, and, and, well I don't know if they paid them well. The, well, the thing is, that. too, is like, it's... Because, like, there's been a lot of talk, there's, and there's been a lot of scare about AI, and uh, rightfully so, um, like, from a cybersecurity standpoint and just, like, a data uh, storage standpoint, um, like, New York City just recently announced that they're going to start using AI to, like, track people who uh, evade paying, like, tolls for the, mm. for the subway. Mm. Um, and so, like, from a data perspective, from a cybersecurity standpoint, it's a very... Scary thing. It's a very scary thing, and it's a very real thing. But from a creative standpoint, I just don't think we're quite to the point where AI could fully replace us, um, and I think that's what's and that, I think that's what's going to bite studio executives in the ass. Because they're not looking at the creative. They're not looking at like actually caring though. They're just looking at the money. Well, yeah, but uh, what? Uh, but like, if what I'm kind of th- uh, seeing is like you know, we've seen the de- degradation of VFX, and that's not because of lack of talent. Like the Flash, for example. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Someone posted scene? that, like, the whole movie on Twitter, and I was skipping. <laughs> I didn't want to watch it, so I skimmed through it. That was so bad. <laughs> but, like, you know, um, it's about to, I think, I think we've come to a point in the film industry where, like, pretty much everyone except for the executives, the producers, and maybe the directors, it kind of depends on, like, the genre that you're working in and, like, whether or not you're a female director as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, the musicians, the VFX artists, the... Uh, the writers, the actors, like, it's about time they all unified and strike together. It's like... I agree. Yeah, like, especially with, like, Across the Spider-Verse, I felt so, like, oh. hollow after I heard, like, I read up all the news. I'm like, well, damn, I just saw it. I just saw that. I just, I just got saw it twice. Yeah. yeah, that was... 
pretty sad. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm full support of it. Honestly, I feel like other parts of the industry should also be striking right now. I think other Everybody industries should be striking. I think Every single yeah. industry should be striking. striking. <laughs> Everyone. UPS strike. No, I uh, I can't remember what uh, what industry was it that that was. Broadway is actually going to go oh, on. Yeah. Uh, it's possibly going to go on a strike in, within oh, the yeah. next two days. My hope right now is that while we're in school, game the industry game strike. industry Let's strikes go. so that fucking Bobby <laughs> doesn't have to do anything, I can come up and I can get paid. You know, I don't have to deal with... I mean, I would love to... I'm not opposed to dealing with union stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, I just like to get paid and not have to deal with that. Right, so. yeah. If they don't strike now, it'll be over. Like, yeah. AI will take over and mm-hmm. it'll be too late. So... Mm-hmm. The WGA tough. has been on strike for 79 days consecutively. Woo! Clap, clap, clap. Cool, cool, cool. Claps all around. Yeah, I... It's interesting. I don't know. I don't think, again, I don't think AI is really yet to the point where they can, like, fully integrate actors into their... Um, like, no, they can. Yeah, yeah, they can. They, they, they did it with the music. I mean, <laughs> it's that sort of thing, though, where you get into... I'm trying to remember what Uncanny it is. Valley. Uncanny Valley, where, mm-hmm. like, people are going to notice and... I don't know if that's going to really <clears throat> be able to create good works of art. You see, mm-hmm. people, you think people will notice, but deepfakes have been going around Twitter, and people don't point. notice. Mm-hmm. The general public is not keen to these things. Okay. It can happen. Yep. Yeah. Okay, listen, AI is funny when the president sing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> I just love the Minecraft videos where it's Biden and Trump and Barack, really, and they're yeah. just chilling. Rob, what Minecraft the hell? Servers. Why are you griefing my house? Ah, <laughs> oh, so, so amazing. That's what AI should be for. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Nothing else. And I think AI can be a useful tool in the film industry, mm-hmm. right? I think it's it's useful to, you know, help write certain pieces of copy to, mm-hmm. like, like if you have a writer, right, have your writer do its, their job. Yeah. Right? Because I've tested this. Yeah. I, I was like, I wonder, like, what a script, like, ChatGPT could give me, right? So I wrote a script on my own, and then I wrote a script with, you know, the same kind of heading, um, with ChatGPT, yeah, and you could feel the AI. You can feel the AI, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I mean, as someone, I, I was telling Ronnie about this a little while ago with um, some of the articles that we put out. I will sometimes not use AI to write the whole thing, of course. But if I'm struggle ever struggling with like passive voice, passive voice, oh that's what it is. It's God. so annoying with how it works <laughs> with the website. But literally, I'll just say like, ask ChatGPT, turn my sentence. From active to passive voice or vice versa, I think. Mm-hmm. After you told me that, I did that too. I was yeah, like, Hell it's yeah. kind of a game changer. And also, <laughs> like, it doesn't... Gulp. Passive voice and active voice, I will right? never conquer it. It's I will never. So, no, And it's different either. because, like, it's taking your own words and formulating them in a way so that it still is your own voice. And that's how AI should be. Mm-hmm. Is like, And I this is happening a lot with the games industry in terms of writing dialogue for NPCs. And they just want to attach a chat GPT box to every... NPC, so you can have like a full conversation with every, and like at that point, what's the point? You know, right. you go to a random NPC, you're not going to have the same connection as walking up to a NPC in The Witcher Three and talking about some giant, actually important thing. Right. So I don't know. It's that's weird. I, I agree, and I think AI is not the only issue of the strike. Right. Mm-hmm. That's obviously a big part of it, but the other part of it is majority of watching is no longer being done on networks. Right. Right. It's being done on streaming services. And streaming services oh, yeah. don't have to release their um, watch times, their anything like that, any of their matrix like mm-hmm. networks do. So what's happening is, you know, streaming industries are getting paid money 
like billions, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And all the writers want, all the actors want is a livable wage. Livable wage. They want to be able to live in Hollywood, which I, I agree, you know, is yeah. a very expensive place to live. Mm-hmm. But they, if that's where their industry is, they should be able to live there, have mm-hmm. a home, have a life. I mean, I saw so many things when, like, award season was coming out. And it was actor, or mostly writers, where it was like, I wrote the... I wrote the script to, like, the episode that won this year for, like, the best episode, the best series, whatever. I, I can't even afford my rent. Mm-hmm. What is going on with that? Like, mm-hmm. well, it's okay, not hard. So, Sorry, Have you seen the residual checks that people are posting on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was it? It was an actor from Orange is the New Black, right? And all the episodes she got, she got, like, $27. $27. Streaming what? doesn't pay residuals at all. Mm-mm. She was, like, one of the notable actors in yeah. it, too. Well, it, like well, a side character, but here's still. Here's the thing, too. It's just, it's, it's scummy, too, um, because the way copyright law is structured, and this, again, this goes for any creative talent, like composers, this goes for writers, um, you relinquish any ownership to your work to um, the executives. I was talking about uh, copyright law, actually, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and intellectual property, uh, which is always fun. <laughs> But yeah, so like for any creative work that you do, if like if you want to make it in the industry, you have to be okay with relinquishing your work and like just, and and that's been kind of the industry standard for eons. Like, and it was especially worse back in the twentieth century, like in the early early days of cinema back in like the twenties and thirties. Everything actually used to be in house, and so like the composers were in house, the writers were in house, and there were like non competition clauses. So every single thing that you worked for. If you got into Universal Studios, for example, you were stuck with Universal Studios. Um, grant, uh, and then antitrust laws were like, you can't do that. So things have been a little better in that regard. But yeah, it's been the industry standard to just like have shit residuals. And it sucks. It's so scummy. The only reason George Lucas, for example, was ever got like fa- like rich off of Star Wars, funnily enough, was not because of the residuals, but was because he specifically asked... In his contract with, uh, I think it was Fox that produced it. I can't remember off the top of my head. But when he when they uh, when he sold Star Wars, he specifically asked in his contract, "I want like I think he said fifty percent of all merchandise sales." Mm-hmm. That's the only reason he is successful, like financially, because otherwise he would have been fucked, mm-hmm. just like everyone else. And that carried over to mm-hmm. his Disney contract too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart guy. No, he was very smart, very smart. And it's, honestly, it's a miracle that, like, they actually went through with that because I, I don't think they really expected merchandise. And the same thing happens, actually, with Harry Potter as well. Because um, mm. what Harry Potter... I can't remember exactly what this was, but I think uh, Daniel Radcliffe, I think, talked about this. I Don't quote me. I'm not sure about the details on this. But essentially, his residuals were like he had he were do he was due residuals but the way that Warner Brothers went around it was that they created a shell company that technically didn't get any profit <laughs> and so from the accounting standpoint they didn't have to uh, uh they rerouted everything to the the shell company something something like that where they yeah. just rerouted money in order to avoid paying residuals so even when residuals are in the contract executives avoid paying them as much as they can yep. and it sucks and it fucking sucks yeah like What's crazy for that perspective is, like, I mean, this works for a lot of actors and writers. If you're ever stuck in a contract like that with Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter, his old teens are gone because of Harry Potter. Doesn't have much to show for it. A lot of writers are stuck writing the same show for however many seasons. Doesn't get much, like, there's not much, I mean, they can 
leave, I guess. But at that point, it's leaving to go to another, maybe get another job for maybe worse or better pay. Well, and if you leave, too, I mean, companies talk, executives talk. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just get blacklisted from the entire industry altogether. Yeah, that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Kennedy, any, uh, any thoughts on this? I don't have a lot of thoughts on... I, I wish I was more well-informed about it, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, like, my opinions just match the rest of yours, so <laughs> um, obviously people should be paid for their work. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I guess my only... Th- it's more of a question, because I, I don't have... I don't have the answer to it, but I just think it's, I just, you know, find myself wondering why we've gotten to such a place where executives feel like they are entitled to keep as much money as they do. I just think it's crazy because it's like, it happens so often. It happens time and time again. Like, I'm just so curious psychologically what happens between like you being someone who's getting paid at the bottom and something just changes and then you just kind of are you just feel less empathy about it. And I'm like, where did that go? Where did that key piece of... Interestingly enough, Kennedy, it's... um, I actually know this. There have been psychological studies on money and um, how much... Like, if there is a maximum cap to how much... Like, so they've they've done studies on, like, um, happiness and, like, affect and, you know, the amount of money that you make. And, yeah, the more money you make, the more the happy you are. But they're, they're actually, interestingly enough, there's a plateau. I can't remember. I think it might have been $10 million, but I can't remember for sure. But there is a plateau where after a certain point, you just don't get any happier. And you don't, in fact, I think you actually end up getting a little more depraved and depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that happens psychologically. Like, there is just a maximum cap to wealth that will make you happy. Mind you, um, these people have billions of dollars, not yeah. even 10 million. No, not even 10 million. <laughs> it's billions. And it's just, it's crazy, too, because, like, it's, every single industry has this, but the film industry, I think, is the most pervasive one. And it sucks, because, like, film and the arts in general are, are like, some of the most gorgeous, yeah. like, expressions of the human spirit mm-hmm. one of the things that i'm i've been thinking about a lot lately in terms of just all of this was like i mean you know a lot of executives are like oh but you know they they're unrealistic about what they're demanding even though they're sitting on like you know million dollar yachts one of the industry goats for game development is miyamoto he's made mario he's helped make zelda he's like done all of these things he's he just the had, gaming dude. he's the gaming dude he just had the mario movie which he was very heavily involved in like break numbers and he's not getting paid like he's getting paid enough he's still getting like millions of dollars but he's still at a point where he gives away most of their he not gives away but actually pays his employees well and that also shows in the art like we got tears of the kingdom one of the best games ever mm-hmm. made we're gonna get like pikmin 4 which looks amazing we're getting two mario games later this year and all of those look like genuine, really well done works of art that people are actually care about making and are putting like as much love and care into it because they don't have to worry about money. Yeah. Well, in organizational psychology and like management, uh, like shows, like studies have shown this. They they do this in Europe too, um, where like they uh, here we're used to the forty hour we- uh, weekday. Mm-hmm. In Europe, it's actually and like even in Japan, they have, they're used to like twenty thirty yeah. hours tops and like. Even then, it's like three day work uh, weekdays as well, mm-hmm. um, and you know. Um, also, like their vacation mm-hmm. um, ideas of like their ideas of vacation, and everything, and like outcomes of life is uh, you know is tr- like tremendously 
improved upon um, more than here. And I don't know, it's like, it's just, it just seems like common sense. Like, because they teach you this in finance, too. They say, if you want a good job out of anyone you pay, pay your lawyers really well and pay your stockbrokers really well, and they will make the money for you. And so why doesn't that apply to every, uh, every single one on the creative team? They're making your product. They're, you know, they're, and if they're passionate about it, you know, they will try to make sure that it's a, it is a successful product. So why not pay them to succeed? <laughs> Versus when executives can get a couple more million or billion dollars to spend on fancy yachts. I mean, I think it comes from a lack of understanding, obviously. Like, cause, I mean, they obviously think that their jobs can be easily replaced by a bot. So obviously they don't value that person's work very much. And if you don't value that person's work and you think it's really easy to do, then you think, why should I pay you this much money for it? You're doing the easy work while I see myself as doing the hard work. So I should get most of the money. Like, I think it's a separation of like, because they're not involved in the creative process and they're not witnessing what it's actually like to make this sort of thing, that they think that it's just not that hard and it's not that big of a deal. And so I think that they, I think that's what it is. It has to be like, it's just a separation of like, they think their job is way harder and they're kind of taking, I mean, they're obviously taking writers for granted, so. Which is hilarious, because every single, like, creative I know always, like, keeps in mind with the executives, like, yeah, they have to make the tough decisions. They, like, we understand to that to a certain extent. Like, even those, uh, like, WGA and SAG-AFTRA, they're like, listen, our demand, we know our demands, like, and we are willing to come to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they've, and they've called out the Netflix executives. They've called out Disney executives, like Bob Iger and everything. Um, so like they're well, like they're well sympathetic. They're more than sympathetic, but it's just so it's just kind of gross to see like well, let them starve. Yeah, well, I mean, you could easily flip it too. Like, why can't Chat GPT make decisions? Is it about a numbers game? Is it about making deals that make money? Because a computer can do that. You know what I mean? Fish. So it's like it's just like you can flip it anyway, and it's just ridiculous. Goldfish managed to like rake in like thousands on oh my stock gosh, market. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny I think bottom Your, line is billionaires are all evil and I'll mm-hmm. stand by that and they don't care about you and they never will and that's so. what the Barbie movie is hopefully going to be about exactly <laughs> I was about to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean so if there's a point to this support WGA support SAG-AFTRA and go support don't. Barbie and Oppenheimer because mm-hmm. those last two movies we might be getting for a while you can also donate to um, oh, yeah. the Writers Guild and the SAG Asher Guild for food funds. I think we talked like about that. this. Follow Adam. I don't remember. What Adam Conover. Conover. Conover's great. Been doing really mm-hmm. good stuff for that. Shy Goofy's been doing some good Shrag stuff about good. that. Um, There's yeah. a. Also, don't cancel your streaming subscription quite yet. Um, this but, is Netflix. There's not much coming out in there. Well, no. So, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I, I, as in, like, don't boycott quite oh, yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the. The unions have said don't boycott quite yet until they're ready to uh, to say that uh, for a boycott, yep. uh, just because the executives will use that data to say, well, no one watches the streaming service, no one, there's no interest in it, so why should we pay you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just support, read up on it as much as you can, and um, also just like, I mean, I think a big thing. This is actually something I was talking about with my dad, um, just in terms of like, oh, it's gonna suck that. No, nothing new is going to be coming out. Like the Mission Possible movie specifically, it's like no idea when that next one's going to be coming out. First of all, strikes are supposed to be disruptive, so that's just something we have to live with. But also, 
you you have plenty of shows and movies on your backlog. This yeah. is now the perfect time to go do that. I am so excited to like finish up The Wire or like I don't know. Just there's so much. I mean, what you was the show that you were talking about? Fargo. Fringe. Fringe. Yeah. Fargo's a different show. That is a different show. But yeah. You can watch Fringe. both of them. <laughs> I can watch both of them. Yeah, there's so many shows and movies that I've been meaning to watch. And you if should anything, dig out those old Barbie movies, the DVDs, give them a rewatch. Because now you have the perfect time. Just like, I don't know. It's, it's funny to me where it's like, people are like, oh, I can't believe there's not going to be new stuff coming out. It's like, there's been plenty of stuff that you probably, an entire, you're not caught up There's on an it. entire century worth of cinema. And it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we as as content creators in this yeah. space, like, we chose to talk about movies and film and TV and games, whatever, right? So, the the unions, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA have specific rules for content creators on their websites. If you are interested, go check those out. Um, basically, they're like, hey... Um, don't promote struck companies. Don't promote struck companies. You know, anything new that's coming out, please don't promote those. Stuff like that. Um, and I think, like, Barbie and Oppenheimer, I think, are, like, the one weird exception. Right. Um, but, you know, we're also not getting paid for any of this but at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we want to, like, show support for the, the, the unions. I mean, we're kind of, some of us are, like, the future of that industry. Exactly. You know? So, of course, this is going to affect us in some way. Don't do anything that's going to make or, SAG after laws if you want to be a part of it. <laughs> exactly. If you want to join the union, don't piss them off. Yeah. <laughs> but, do, you um, think, uh, do you think they'll, they'll see this geek out, like this? Uh, yeah, it's going to be huge numbers. <laughs> no, 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 well, do you think, like, in 10 years, they're like, we would accept you into the union. However, that one episode of Barbenheimer. They do research on you. Like when you're when you go to a job like that, if you're part of like a student media thing, which is easy to get information on, they'll watch stuff. Yeah. that you've said so. So be watch what you're saying, Stefan. <laughs> I'm not the one that said I liked it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> No, I don't like Hitler. I like Waika Taika Waititi, who played Hitler. A very there you great, go. But um, yeah, so like a lot of I feel like content that I, we're going to produce in the next coming is more film, TV shows, games that are coming out that came out before. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you've been working on what you got. Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. What was the term that you came up with? Uh, does it still, does it still hold, up? hold up? Yeah, yeah. we're launching a new series on the website um, just because. Uh, well, partially, this is really good timing because of, the, of everything. This with was the strike. actually before the strike, <laughs> but we were planning this, this before this, um, just because a lot of us, you know, we can't really keep up with all the new content that's coming out. You know, because if we did, we'd be here forever um, with the amount of stuff that's. We're also always college students, so mm-hmm. like college so, does come first. Well, I yeah, think that's something we all agree about. Mm-hmm. Well, and then and uh, furthermore, uh, as well, like there's uh, some of us just really love our nostalgic feelings, you know, and so. Uh, we kind of created a space for on the website to write reviews on pretty much anything that we grew up with. Anything, I think we decided anything that's like two years older or uh, something like that. Something I mean, like that. it's going to also depend with the strike going on too. Like yeah. mm-hmm. we're just going to cover whatever we want to talk about. Yep. And the only thing that I really want to cover that we might not be able to is a live action One Piece. That's a good point because it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it when we get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it next year. I mean. <laughs> What if I watch it in Japanese? Is that considered a Japanese? <laughs> watch it on Kiss Anime. Ah, then we'll watch. Th- there we'll you watch go. Watching Jujutsu Kaisen on Nine Anime, so I guess that works. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, does like do the strike rules apply to foreign 
developments? They or don't. No? They don't. don't. It's, so. they it's, don't, right? it's, it's only American. One Piece I mean, is, is based the live on action Japan. is also. Uh, they only yeah right now. Cowboy Bebop. I don't think it was. Um, so the cast is kind of from all over, but um, the studio is Netflix, which is a U.S. entity. Right. But Ooh. the IP is Japanese. a Japanese. Right. Entity. Okay. So like Jackson. it's this weird gray area. You're not going to be able to talk about the the Percy Jackson series anytime soon. Fucking hell! <laughs> <no. laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Ronnie. I just yeah. realized that. We had to cut this off by October, guys. <laughs> yeah. Even, <laughs> even like Rick Riordan, I don't know how you say his name, last name, but he was like, yeah, like I'm not going to promote it. So it's like, if you're so close, dude. <laughs> if he's with it, I'm with it. Yeah. Lance yeah. Riddick's dead. Rick Riordan's not he marketing was, it. He's Zeus. I guess we could yeah. talk about these like briefly in like Geek Out episodes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best that we'll yeah. do. Yeah. But I think full in depth promoting and like saying, oh, go do this like we used to. The whole to. wishful thinking yeah. Yeah. episode. Yeah. Wishful thinking might have to take a pause then. It might take a pause or we might take a look back and look at some other old movies. Yeah, um, just pivot, for the strike. pivot we'll watch could, a couple old shows, like I was saying. I mean, if we could find a projector, we could always watch old movies here. Last generation type thing. There's a projector right down the off, uh, right down the. That works. All way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is there any last minute wrap up suggestions from anyone? I know we kind of veered we, off. Of, <laughs> do we want to do like some scores of Barbie and Oppenheimer since we've kind of yeah both are veered off of? Both are tens. I think both are going to be tens. Both are tens. Preemptively. Both are tens. Is that everybody's consensus? Kennedy. So. Kennedy. Ronnie, what's your? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying that as in, like, I don't know if Oppenheimer is going to be 10. Okay. I was going to do that, but it might, yeah, it's probably going to be a 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the first time we've had, like, a full 100% consensus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, unions. <laughs> <laughs> Subconsciously, we're all just scared that these are going to be the last good movies. So we're like, they have to be 10, <laughs> Well, yeah. um, um, I guess a little bit of shout-outs real quick. Um... I'm trying to think of anything. I mean, I had the Bear Season 2 review come out. My um, Dead Poets Society Your Dead Poets Su- Society. You've got Midnight Suns coming out soon. Next week. Next week. Um, Peaky Blinders review for the new season. Should be coming up hopefully soon. soon. Um, and then a bunch of uh, Anime Town, oh, yep. Man on the Street stuff is going to be coming out soon. That'll be fun. Yep. Yeah. We mentioned this a couple of times, Geek Out. I'm remembering that it hasn't... No, it will come out by the time that this is out. Oh, right, because um, this is editing. Yeah, Yeah, because this is editing. <laughs> Weird. Oh. Weird pre-production oh. stuff. Okay, buddy. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. And then as we ro- uh, wrap down summer semester going into fall, I think the idea is to have a little bit more stuff. Like I said, though, I think fall semester is going to be pretty busy for all of us. I mean... Rip. Yeah, are you doing capstone? Or are you not there yet? I'm doing. Um, are you doing capstone? I'm doing capstone. Oops, you're, doing you're doing capstone yeah. already. Oh yeah. My gosh. Whoa. I'm so doing trad. Uh, trad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll be busy, but we'll still keep stuff going. Yep. Cool. Um. Yeah. Outro. Well, outro. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys for watching this episode of Wishful Thinking. Uh, don't know when the next one will be, but you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll catch you around. Uh, go support unions. Uh, support your fellow humans. Donate if you can. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, let us know what you think about Barbenheimer. Peace, y'all. Just be nice. Yeah, be a good <laughs> that's human all being. Good human being. Good human being. That's a good note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That's a cut. That's a cut.
That was, that was great. <laughs> <laughs>